Welcome, ACE community, to this conversation, marking the start of a new year and a series of three church feast days for saints, offering special inspiration to Catholic educators. Today, we welcome Nicole Garnett, coordinator of policy for ACE, to talk about St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, about whom a reflection was written in ACE's book, Five Minutes with the Saints, More Spiritual Nourishment for Busy Teachers. Hello, Nicole, and thanks for joining the podcast. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, whose feast day is today, is often called the foundress of Catholic education in the United States. Nicole, what were the circumstances surrounding Mother Seton's beginnings in Catholic education? You know, the, the, the beginnings really are tragic ones. Mother Seton was a married uh, woman. She had five children. Uh, she loved her husband very much, but he was suffering from tuberculosis and really in the hopes of finding a cure, they traveled to Italy, hoping the dry air would help his lungs. Um, but he died during their journey, and sis, Mother Seton, then Elizabeth Seton, was taken in by an Italian family. And because of the love and charity that family showed her, she was very drawn to the Catholic faith. So she returns to New York, where she had lived with her husband, and she decides to convert to the faith. Because of the discrimination against Catholics at the time, her family and all of her friends basically disown her, and she's left penniless with these five children to care for. So she starts a school. Um, no one in New York would send their children to her school, fearing that she would convert their children. And eventually, uh, Archbishop John Carroll, the first Archbishop of Baltimore, asks her to come to Baltimore to start a school for Catholic kids. And it's really there that the beginnings of the Catholic education system in the United States began this, this moment where she is not really thinking about the vocation of Catholic education as more really about her vocation as a mother. So she goes to Baltimore. She starts a school. Archbishop Carroll asks her to go to Emmitsburg to start another school for poor children. And in Emmitsburg, she founds the Sisters of Charity, which is the first religious organization organization of sisters um, that was dedicated to educating kids in the United States. In what other surprising ways did St. Elizabeth Ann Seton animate Catholic education? Well, one of the things I've always liked about the story of Elizabeth Seton is I think so much of the time we, we like to see sort of vocations, vocational calls like lightning bolts. So this is what God wants of us right now, and it's going to be clear for the rest of our lives. And like the story of how her own vocation as a mother grows into this vocation as a foundress, both of, a, of one of the most important orders of religious uh, in the U.S., but also of the whole system of Catholic education. Um, there's another story about Elizabeth Seton that illustrates the sort of ways that vocation grows out of surprising events and relationships. Um, John Hughes was a poor immigrant from Ireland, and he presented himself in Emmitsburg, the only seminary in the United States, and said, director said there was absolutely no way that he would let this you know, Irish rabble become a priest. So he hired him as a gardener. And um, but while he was there gardening, he befriended Elizabeth Seton. And Elizabeth Seton convinced the seminary director to admit him into the seminary. He was ordained. Uh, John Hughes was, after his ordination, sent to Philadelphia, where he started the first parish school, arguably in the United States at St. Augustine's. He later um, becomes Bishop of New York, uh, following in the footsteps of the bishop who had excluded him from the seminary. Um, he starts the Catholic school system in New York, and he the first thing he does is reach out to Elizabeth Seton and ask her to send sisters to teach in his schools. So but for that friendship, 
you know, it would have been perhaps later that John Hughes was able to to found American Catholic schools in New York. And so I just love that sort of uh, providential nature of, you know, this friendship growing into something much greater. How can St. Elizabeth Ann Seton inspire Catholic school educators to attune themselves to the movements of God's providence in their own lives? Um, so I think like these two stories, uh, the one about friendship um, leading to a, a vocation that, that builds upon, um, you know, the friendship that become really the, the, the seeds of American Catholic education. And the, and the story about this really something that Elizabeth Seton never expected, which was she expected to be a loving wife and mother and, and a grandmother and take care of her family in that way, um, leading her to found the first Catholic school in Baltimore and later in Emmitsburg. I think we always just have to be attuned to what may seem like crises, what may seem or are crises or maybe tragedies, unexpected turns that seem like um, doors shutting can be doors opening and always listening um, to where God wants us to be, not just in the yeses, but also in the noes. Nicole, you have professed a particular devotion to this saint. What about her life and her vocation resonate with your faith? Well, I'm a Catholic convert, and I converted when I was 26 years old, and I was, you know, looking for a, a confirmation saint. And and by the time I was 26, I graduated from law school and I was really interested in education reform. Although not yet Catholic, I was an admirer of Catholic schools because I really had come to understand the miracles that they worked in the lives of children. So I was drawn to Elizabeth Seton because she's known as the foundress of American Catholic schools. But really what hooked me on her, um, so much so that I named my third child after her, um, was the story of her as a mother and as a, a convert, as someone who suffered for the faith but believed it so deeply that she um, persisted and drew hundreds over time through the foundation of the Sisters of Charity and the foundations of Catholic schools, thousands of people um, to the faith. And it was that story, her story of saying yes, um, sticking to her guns even when it became difficult, doing everything that she could to serve her family and later serve the church that really makes her so special to me. You and your colleague, Peg Brinig, who, like you, is on the Notre Dame Law School faculty, have written a compelling book, Lost Classroom, Lost Community, about Catholic schools as crucial sources of social cohesion for students and the whole surrounding community. How can teachers and Catholic school leaders help promote Catholic schools in the spirit of the saint we celebrate today? Well, our book finds that when urban Catholic schools close, and our study takes place in mostly in Chicago, but also Philadelphia, the neighborhoods where the schools close uh, become more dangerous, more disorderly, and the levels of social cohesion and trust among the neighbors go down. And so we think this means that Catholic schools don't just are not just important to the kids and the teachers and the parents and the principal in the school, but they really have um, powerful community building effects outside of the school. So when the school closes, the entire school loses this important, the whole, the whole community, the whole neighborhood, not just the school, loses an important social asset. Um, your question, I think, touches on the question about why that is. And we don't really know, but what we suspect is that um, a lot of the, edu the educational literature on Catholic schools suggests that they're really good schools because of the level of trust and because of the high expectations and because of the community in the school. And I think that reflects the spirit of Mother Seton and the women who came after her. It was those sisters who really built this model of Catholic education that was built on um, educating 
um, the hearts and the minds of students, of trusting the parents as the primary educators of their kids, of placing very high expectations on the students. And it, we believe that that community inside the school is really the reason the school is an effective community in the uh, community institution in the surrounding neighborhood. So it's your question, how can current Catholic school teachers, what can they do um, in the spirit of Mother Seton to continue to promote those goods? I mean, they can do what they're already doing and to recognize the importance of what psychologists might call sort of the non-cognitive aspects of education, of trust and, and um, faith and community. Those are the things, in addition to um, the educational aspects of what's going on there that make Catholic schools uh, truly special places. And I can say, really in closing, as a parent, um, I am a public school kid, I'm a Catholic convert, but I'm a Catholic school mom. And one of the most beautiful things that I've learned about Catholic education has come as a mother like Mother Seton, to come to understand really what it means to be to have your children educated in a place that forms the whole person, that doesn't just educate, but is forming children in the image and likeness of God. And that's what Catholic educators do every day. And as long as they keep doing that, I think they're honoring the spirit of Mother Seton. Thank you again, Nicole, for joining us and for your thoughts and reflections on St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Friends in the ACE community, please give a listen to two other conversations we're having about saints from the world of education. Check out our early January podcasts dedicated to St. Andre Bissette and St. John Newman. In the meantime, blessings of the Christmas season to all of you. Learn more about our reflections for teachers and all that we do by visiting us online at ace.nd.edu.